Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Spooktacular. Did I not? I didn't. Which one? Are you? You're on four. I can't I, hear I you can't at all. I can't hear you. No, I don't hear you at all. Are you listening? You're listening to the. You're listening to the little board, right? Or are you listening? So yeah, we don't yeah, have you we over can't here. Hear you. Oh, I know why. Hey, try it now. How about that? There you are. See what happens when you're back on the radio after weeks of streaming only? You have to actually figure out how to work the buttons. (laughs) And I have to jack my volume up because I I think I'm going deaf. Well, please don't do that. That's not going to be good for the future of the show if that happens. No, probably not. But uh, it's definitely, I noticed that like all this week when I was in there doing the news, Mm -hmm. I had to turn things up louder than I normally would have. Getting like an ear infection or sinus infection or something? Nope. I think I'm just going deaf. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, worst case scenario. Sounds great. I mean, if I if I have to sign the show, I don't know any sign language. Well, you could probably still talk. You just I have sh- to learn I how to read lips. I should make fun. I know for a fact we have a person who's listening that is deaf. So it's because we tried to look into the transcription service, but mm. it didn't work. I mean, it'll work. It just doesn't. It doesn't write what we actually say. It's like I'm a bunch sure. of jumbled up stuff. But then again, what we talk about is really just a bunch of jumbled up stuff anyway. Sometimes. So it's not like it's that much of a difference off what the show would have been. But normally we talk about the paranormal. That's what we're here to talk about each and every Saturday night. And, of course, we stream live on SpookySouthCoast.com. You can watch the show as you're listening on WBSM. You can hear us. But if you want to see us, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com or the YouTube app or the free Spooky South Coast app, and you will find the video stream of the show as we go along here. And we've got... I was going to say, it, it is uh, closed captioned as well. YouTube does that for us. Oh, well, that's wow. good of them. Yeah. Is, it, is it accurate? It's pretty accurate, yeah. For, the most, that, for the most part, a couple of words here and there. But are you talking about, like, on the replay later on or during the live show? Is it closed captioned? Um, it's after, after the fact. Okay, yeah, because mm. I know that it's easier for mm. things to be closed captioned at a yeah, later right, time. Right, yeah. right. But, because uh, otherwise, how would they know what I'm going to say before I say it? Uh-huh. Bubba baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I was going to say that, did you? <laughs> it's just oh, Stephanie right there. Oh, my goodness. Just typing away. Yeah, that's Just right. typing things she's before like, you I'm say this. them. She's like, <laughs> I have to use psychic captioning to be able to, <laughs> to get all this stuff out there ahead of time. So, uh, well, listen, before we get going with, I, I kind of want to do a, a spooky South Coast paranormal year in review. Okay. So we're going to go back and we're going to talk about some of the shows that we we did this year and some of the topics that we covered and touch upon some of the big stories that hit the paranormal world. And, of course, we welcome anybody to call in with their thoughts on any of the the big paranormal topics of 2017. And you can do that at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And, of course, in the chat room as well. But, you know, if there's something that popped up this year, it doesn't matter. It's not, it doesn't have to be chronologically. We're going to go through the shows chronologically. Okay. Because that's how they're all laid out on the screen in front of me. But if you wanted to, you know, talk about something that came up during the course of the year and we haven't gotten to that month or whatever, don't worry about it. Just uh, just call in and share. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm surprised that I got a lot of lot of people liking a picture that I put up on social media last night. Stephanie, I don't know if you saw this, but I did. My son and I are watching Netflix, mm-hmm. and they, for anybody that has Netflix, a great documentary series called Myths and Monsters where they do it's it's a documentary and it's really looking into the stories behind a lot of these mythologies mm-hmm. 
and like the people of the time and how they applied this mythology to them and everything. You know, they kind of get into why. Like, for example, there's an episode on the wilderness mm-hmm. and about the magical power of the wilderness. But, but why would they consider the woods to be a magical place? Well, because, you know, there's beyond the civilization that was there at the time. You know, all these things right. getting into the to the backstory of it. But uh, it also has some, some narrative storytelling elements as well, too. They they tell you a lot of the legends as you're learning about them. And they uh, they always have, like, one centralized legend that is a story that carries out through the whole episode. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very well done. So as we're sitting there watching last night's episode on the wilderness, the, the one we were watching last night, they start talking about the Brothers Grimm and about how they would put out these different editions. And they show some other... You know some of the later editions that they came out with when they would revise the stories and what have you. And I turned to my son and I said, you know what's funny is I have, somewhere in this house, I have a book of Grimm's fairy tales that's over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like, really? And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't remember where I got it, but I brought it home. It's in terrible shape, but I brought it home and I put it somewhere. And if we can just find it, and he's like, I think I know where it is. And so there's a bookshelf in my living room mm-hmm. and it's literally right on top of the bookshelf. Wow. And uh, it, we just had totally forgotten that it was there. And so he pulled it down, and he's looking through it. And I'm telling him, like, these are not the Disney versions of these stories. Yeah. These are not even what you would find in a modern-day mm-hmm. Grimm's Fairy Tales book where they sanitize the stories a little bit. These are the original endings where, you know, people die, people get eaten. It's not always, you know, a happy ending to these stories. And so he's, like, thumbing through, and he's fascinated by it. He just got a camera for Christmas. I did see that. He got a really nice camera. Mm-hmm. So he's like taking photos and and, uh, and and taking some. So I just snap off a couple of pictures with my phone and post it up, and people are going crazy yep. over this book. It's it's at least 127 years old. I remember you saying that. I remember when you got it, but I don't remember where you got it. I want to say it was one of your crazy yard sale finds. Maybe. Maybe like a thrift store or yeah. maybe the Salvation Army or something like that. But. When you open up the book, there's an inscription that somebody mm-hmm. gave it to somebody Christmas of 1890. Wow. So it's at least that old. Mm-hmm. And doing a little bit of research online, it looks like it might have been published in 1890. Mm-hmm. So there's no publishing date. Some of the pages might be missing. I don't know. Right. But uh, it's, it's still cool to have. Absolutely. I mean, I have in my basement, I have a whole bookshelf mm-hmm. full of books that are like over 100 years old. Yep. But just none of them are really anything interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are like, I think somewhere down there I have like a manual of um like what a housewife should be. Oh, my God. You know, from like 1910 or something That's like horrible. that. That's horrible. But I, I find these books because I used to go to yard sales and like I would, I would yep. never, I don't mess around when I go to a yard sale. Anybody that I knows know. me knows. This is serious business. You know, when, when people are going to yard sales and they're thumbing through a box of records mm-hmm. and trying to pick out four or five records that they want at a dollar each, I just look to the person that's running the yard sale and say, how much do you want for the whole box? Mm-hmm. Because not that I have money to throw around, but right. I don't want to sit there and you know, negotiate later yep. when I find seven records that I want and it's $7 when I could just tell the guy I'll give you 10 for all of the records, right. you know. So, and I do that a lot with books too, especially if I find boxes of old books because if you find a bunch, if you pay five bucks for a box of old books mm-hmm. and you find one book that's worth keeping or right. worth reselling, then I have no problem taking the rest of them and going and donating them to a book sale or yep. something. But for some reason, there's a bunch of them that I just never donated. So I got to go down there. I'm hopefully, hopefully they didn't get all mildew or anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's dry in my basement, mm-hmm. but you never know with books, you know? right? So uh, it's I'm, I'm gonna have to go through there and see if there's anything because I know somewhere I have a a copy of the Klansman, 
mm-hmm. from 1900, which if anybody's ever seen Birth of a Nation, not the new movie that came out a couple of years ago, but the original uh, silent film, I think it was D.W. Griffiths made it. If you've ever seen that movie, that's based on the book The Klansman. And I found a 1900 first edition of that mm-hmm. book at the Wareham Historical Society 4th of July Antique Fair. Mm-hmm. And I think I paid five bucks for it. Wow. It was just the price that was on the book. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I, I know this is what Birth of a Nation's based on. So I paid $5 for it and took it home and just happened to look it up online and it was worth like $300. That's crazy. So I'm like, well, I kind of feel bad that <laughs> I got it for $5. But. But they were selling it. They should have known. Right. If they wanted to get top dollar, they should have known. So anyway, if you haven't seen that show on Netflix, uh, Myths and Monsters, it's definitely worth checking out. It's not, um, you know, it's not cheesy. Mm-hmm. It's very well done. The storyteller, the, the narrator, the person who's uh, anchoring the whole show, you know, he has some kind of over-the-top dialogue at first, but as you get into the show, you realize it's actually very well written. So not a bad way to spend your day tomorrow mm-hmm. if you're looking to... Spend the day inside and get ready for New Year's Eve, or maybe even have a, a binge watch for your you New could. Year's Eve marathon. What I mean, I know you don't watch things that scare you or freak you out, right. so you probably don't watch the the Twilight Zone marathon. Right. Do what do you do on New Year's Eve? Do you? It depends. I spent Harry, Harry Potter marathon. Uh, no, but I was watching it mm-hmm. in the background today while I was writing contracts. Um, I think yeah, isn't one one of the one of the networks is doing that right? Yeah, it's Running usually free form. Um, but I, uh, let's see, I spent years bartending on New Year's Eve. So when I was finally old enough to go out, I decided I would check out a few parties, you know, what, you know, the, the bigger parties around our area. And I decided I'd rather make a whole bunch of money, so I went back to bartending New Year's Eve. But I'm I'm old now, so I just kind of sit at home and relax. Yeah, and I don't want to go out. Okay. I don't. I Amateur just, night, as I say. I, you know, I've said that for years mm-hmm. because it's always horrendous on New Year's Eve, especially yep. if you work behind a bar. I so. want to be in my house by like 6 o'clock. Yep, I um so to order Chinese food to get it by midnight. Oh my god! Right? One, one year I actually did order Chinese food. It's insane. And and it's I broke craziness. my I broke my rule about mm-hmm. you know leaving the house after six because there's a Chinese restaurant right. close to my house. So I just drove down and they told me on the phone it would be forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, it's crazy. So at an hour mark, mm-hmm. I left my house, spent the five minutes driving down to the Chinese restaurant, sat there for another two hours waiting for my order. Wow. So I think I got it like like eleven o'clock. That's crazy. So that's not yeah. even worth it. Nope. Some mm-hmm. tang long with that. Some tang long. Some tang long. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I uh, I plan on sitting at home and being old and and warm because who wants to go out all dressed up in this weather right now? For well, those of you listening, it's sixteen degrees here, and it's supposed to get down to nine I think tonight. Yeah, but that's how it's been all week, and it's, it's going like to stay that, that way till like next Thursday. So I think the lowest of the week was two. There was there were some days where the where the wind chill was in the negatives. Yes, it was mm-hmm. it was quite lovely. What are you what are you gonna do sure. tomorrow night, Matt, to ring in the new year? Um, You'll be asleep. Yeah, I'll probably. Well, I usually I usually don't go to bed till like three or four in the morning anyway. But mm, I can't um, hang anymore. No. Will uh, no. Will Sophia be wearing a party hat? She might be. She has to. You yeah. have to take a picture yeah. for her Instagram. <laughs> yeah. We need we need her in like 2018 glasses. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I should get some of those because. So, all right, I'm going to tell this story real quick before mm-hmm. we <clears throat> move on with actual paranormal discussion. I came in here, so I left the house. It's snowing here tonight. And I had to clear off my car before I could drive here. Bless you. And so Thank you. I take my glasses off and I put them in the front of my sweatshirt. 
so that they won't get wet. Uh-huh. And then I get in the car. After I've dried off the car, I take my glasses out, put them on. I drive all the way from my house to the newspaper where I work because I have to pick up the parking pass for the Patriots game tomorrow. And so this is not a, a, a short ride. I mean, it's it's a 20-minute ride from my house, but in the snow. And I was behind two sand trucks. And then I was behind a guy who had his hazard lights on the whole time and just drove by every exit. Like, he had no intentions to actually get off the road. He was just going to go 15 miles an hour with his hazards on the whole time. Hmm. A lot of people were doing that tonight. So, but I don't think, I think he had a problem. Like, I don't think he was just slow driving because we were slow driving anyway. Yep. So you didn't need your hazards on when we're going 20 miles an hour anyway because we're stuck behind the sand trucks. But anyway... So I get all the way to the newspaper. I go in there. I'm talking to the editor, picking up the pass, all this. I leave. I get in the car. I drive here to the station. I'm sitting here talking to Matt, and I'm like, it's weird because, like, one of my glasses lenses seems, like, foggier than the other one. So I take out my microfiber cloth to wipe them up, and then I realize one of my glasses. No way. One of the lenses was missing from my glasses that oh whole time. Oh, my gosh. So I was like, oh, like, it's been like three hours now that I've been walking around like this, like talking to people. And nobody knows. Just like a crazy things. person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're like, if, why, if you only need one, why don't you just wear a monocle, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. But it, and then I was like, that well, I hope amazing. I can find the lens. And it was it's still in my sweatshirt pocket. Thank God. The good thing, I mean, these aren't, I, I'm looking at the, at the computer and I'm like, why can't I read? Like, why does the computer look blurry to me? Because these are just the prism. They're not, it's mm-hmm. not really like I have vision problems. I have muscular problems. So I was like, well, this is just odd. Maybe they're, maybe the glasses need to be replaced. But Well, I'm glad uh, you found it. I'm glad you figured out the issue and all is well. Only, only me. Mm-hmm. We have a call on the line here. Let's go okay. to the phones. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Yes, I just had one question. Sure. Um, like, you guys seem fairly into the UFO stuff. In your readings and and lookings over of this area in particular, what is the best UFO, credible UFO, that you've ever heard of in this area? I'm just curious. I'm going to hang up to listen. All right. Well, thank you for the call. I would say that, in my opinion, the most credible story that I've heard, you can actually hear the story in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. There were two reporters from Channel 5 that were driving down Route 24. I think it was uh, the late 70s or early 80s. And they were driving through the Bridgewater area and through the Bridgewater Triangle. And they actually saw a UFO that they said was shaped like home plate Mm -hmm. of a baseball game with lights going all around it. And there's actually, I've I've actually seen multiple newspaper articles from the time from other people who saw the same thing. So Aaron Cadju made the, and, and Manny right. Familare made the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, and they have the two reporters. One of them is Steve Sprasia. I can't remember the other person's name. But they, they had them recounting what it was that they saw. And they showed the newspaper article, mm-hmm. one of the newspaper articles up on the screen. And I happened to know the writer who wrote that story. I, mm-hmm. I work with him now. So I was asking him about it, and we were talking about the reports that were coming in at the time. So the fact that it was, you know, you have two news reporters... There were multiple police officers, multiple, you know, uh, fire mm-hmm. officials. There were people whose opinions you can trust and whose observation skills you can trust who reported seeing exactly what these two uh, these two television reporters saw. So to me, that's probably one of the most credible because it's there's a lot of people who had their reputations that they had to put on the line right. to share that story. So that, that one will always stand out to me. 
I know you're not really into the UFOs, but I'm sure you've heard some of the stories. I've heard plenty of stories. And, you know, people say that there's constant uh, UFO sightings around our area, you know, south coast Massachusetts. Um, I think the most credible story I heard, older story, um, my dad had uh, witnessed one in Rochester. And I told us about it for years, and this was long before... Um, I even got involved in the paranormal, and the Internet wasn't really a thing back then. Um, I know my mom's had experiences, too. Um, and I think the most recent was one that I told you about where my good friend, who is a police officer, had uh, shared with me a call that he had gotten about a sighting in that another cop who he was friends with actually witnessed. So... It uh, and that that was very nearby here. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell the details or not, so I'll keep it to myself for yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's. It, but I tried to pursue it for a story, right? And we never got any confirmation, so we should probably kind of keep it. But let, yeah, we can we can say that you know these, this came from very reliable, extremely sources, reliable. So so that was um very interesting to me because the way that I look at all paranormal, it's unexplainable. We don't have anything to really, uh, you know put it up against to prove what we see there's no manual on what we experience so when somebody comes to me and says i don't know how to describe this i don't understand what this is i can't explain it and they send it to me and it's strange it was kind of that story was a little uh mind-boggling for sure matt what so, about you were there any any ufo stories that stand out to you um in this area yeah i, I know um from some of the stories um Moniz has has, has said he said it's, it's like a, and Stephanie has said. I mean, this whole area is um, very active. Um, a lot of people attribute that to the army base around here, and we have all these small airports and things. But I mean, it could just be aliens uh, see that this is kind of a landing right area it's a, it's and, an attractive spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you remember the 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 night we were on the air? I think it was before Stephanie was part of the show, but there was. Um, there was a UFO sighting on 140, Route 140. And it was like an hour before we come on the air. And what? people were calling in to report that they had seen seen this UFO over 140. Oh, okay. And we tried we tried calling the airport and seeing mm-hmm. if it was anything out of there. Yep. They said there wasn't anything out of there. So I think they eventually ended up finding out that it was something like Earth-based. Mm-hmm. But still the fact that, you know, there was, there was a sighting and people thought to call in to us. You know, to share it with us was pretty good, and of course, there's also the 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 uh, the paid Naram UFO flap as well, mm-hmm. which in the early 1900s, I think it was like the 1920s, 1930s, when Hetty Green left Round Hill mm-hmm. to her son uh, Edward or Edmund, and he you know he called himself Colonel Green, Colonel but he Green, wasn't actually yeah. a colonel. But uh, when he when he started allowing MIT to come and conduct experiments yep. at Round Hill and they, you know, they built that what we used to call the martini glass, right. but they've since taken it down. It was a, a radio antenna, and then they also had, for those of you who have been to the Museum of Science, they have the lightning show, mm-hmm. and they have the Van de Graaff generators inside there that make the lightning. Those used to actually be at Round Hill, really. So that's where they were originally built, and they were conducting the experiments at Round Hill. Mm-hmm. So all of this activity was drawing in a lot of UFOs. So it would be like on, a, on an average night, you could go down to Round Hill and sit there, and you would see these lights in the sky. And we're talking the 1920s, so you're not getting a lot of air right. traffic activity happening. Uh, I think it was it went into the 1930s and 40s before they eventually just moved the Van de Graaff generators to the Museum of Science. So I think it might have been the 50s even. How did I not know this story? 
I don't know. It was in my book. It was Shut in up. Coast was it really? Coast, yeah. I read that book, so I'm pretty, I should know. I'm pretty it's sure been, I wrote about it in there. It's been a long time since I read the book. Sorry, right. You don't need to go back and read it. A really once, long time. Once is enough. Like almost 10 years, right? I guess. It came out in 2010. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. As long as you bought it. it. I don't care if you ever read it. As long as you bought it. I read it in, it's in like the bargain 24 bin hours. Now. Stop it's it. It's in the bargain bin. It's an excellent it book. It took you 24 hours to read that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, t- it took maybe me not one dump hours. to read it. Stop it. <laughs> one dump. I read it cover to cover. I read it a little is, bit at work, and then I went home, and I read it all night. Kindle? Is that free? Uh, if you have... Um, if you have the Unlimited. Yeah, if you have Kindle Unlimited, most of those uh, uh, History no. Press Haunted America books are are free. So, Do you have a Kindle? Do, Do I you have a Kindle? I don't. No? I think I have it on my iPhone. I, or I don't... Yeah, I don't have a Kindle, but I did have Kindle Unlimited oh. up until... I think I canceled it last month. But that's, you know, because researching Haunted mm-hmm. Towns, I found a lot of those little books helpful mm-hmm. for different haunted areas. So that's why I had it because you know I'm not gonna wanna, I'm not going out buying a hundred different right. haunted town books at twenty bucks a piece. Right. They're not all in the bargain bin like mine is. Stop it! I don't know if it really is. I always say that, <laughs> but I don't know if it really is. It's still on the shelf at Barnes and Noble. But they wouldn't let me sign it. Just, I thought just, it was a book. Just go in there with a, a roll of uh, bargain bin stickers and just stick them on. <laughs> Be like these are bargain now. Half price. These are mine. Half price. I used to buy a lot of a friend of ours um, books at bargain prices at Barnes and Noble. That's the best way to do it. Hmm. And I didn't money. realize that I would ever become friends with them. So maybe I don't know how it works. I think we get paid the same either way. Yeah, I don't think it matters. But it's, they pay us a little for books. That doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. All right. Well, why don't we do a little bit of a, a paranormal year in review for the rest of the show? And again, okay. if anybody wants to call in. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. So the way I'm going to do this is I want to go back and kind of recap some of the shows that we did, see how much we even remember. about. It's always funny when we look back like to something we did 10, 11 mm-hmm. months ago and we're like, what? What was that? I don't even remember right. that. But uh, there, there were some shows this year that were very memorable. And uh, so I just want to touch on some of the topics that we were covering at those times and see you know, how we feel about them now this this far out later on. And again, if anybody wants to share any ideas or any stories or any topics that came up over the course of the year that we're forgetting, just call and let us know or let us know in the chat room because I'm sure it's hard to remember everything that we covered over the course of the year. But, right. So if you remember last year, we we did a few shows in December of 2016, mm-hmm. and then we were off the air for quite a bit we were. in January because of the, the NFL football and mm-hmm college football and all that stuff. But we we came back at the end of January and we had our first in-studio visit from our then Spooky South Coast Week and Weird correspondent, Melody Knapp. Mm-hmm. So she came. That was our first show of the year and I'm just trying to see what some of the topics. So that's when we were talking uh, with Jeff Belanger about the zombie prom, which yes, was right. a very successful fundraiser. That was funny. That was a fun night. And we we had the best makeup. I mean, John Brightman did the best job. I think we should have won. Well, you did win, didn't you? When I you did. prom king? I was I was zombie prom king. I still have the crown at home. Covered I, in fake I almost won prom queen. Yeah, I don't I don't remember who that was. I don't even know who that was that won. I don't either because we all dressed ridiculous. But I it was it was a close call. It was a really close call. I, I think I was runner up. 
but it was uh, I actually just got my because you know I started working here right around that time too during the week. Yep. And I was they made a king of the internet picture for me <laughs> when, really? when one of my blogs was the top of the list. And uh, they used the zombie picture. That's funny. So they kept using that all year until like last week. Really? This past week, Kristen made a new one. That was a crazy picture. I mean, your makeup was insane. That was. I think. <laughs> well, I was. I mean, I was also willing to. Like, you had some limitations. As I to did. What you were willing to do. I didn't want my face to look ridiculous. And I did not have any such. Limitations. No, you had fake my blood. My face already looks ridiculous. So fake blood everywhere. I only had a little bit. I don't want to be too, uh, too gross. Um, that will forever be the night that my zombie makeup came off onto poor Len Hunt's sweatshirt. Um, and we somehow got fake blood all over the hood of your car. Right. And Remember it stayed, it stayed on there for quite a while because right. I didn't wash it off. <laughs> I left you it there You sent me the picture the next day. Like, did we hit something last night or? <laughs> it did. It looked, it really did. Like, yeah. Anybody that saw that would have thought that we, we probably did a hit and run. Right. So, but that was, that was a pretty good, uh, that was a pretty good night. Yeah. It was a very successful fundraiser. Raised a lot of money for the lymphoma, leukemia and lymphoma society. Yes. And I, it's a I great know, cause. I haven't talked to Jeff if he's planning on doing it again yet. I heard a rumor. But it would certainly be, I don't know if we can top the makeup. I don't think I'll ever want to do that. Oh, I'll totally do it again. I don't think I can do it again. But I, you know, what time did we get home? We got home like, what, like two in the morning? Yes. And I had to jump right in the shower. Like, I no took way I was the going to longest shower of my life. It, I basically scraped my skin off because we were, we were airbrushed from head to toe with makeup. And uh, I remember like the makeup coming off in these tiny little like dots and they were everywhere. And I still couldn't get it all off. I found makeup inside of my ears like a week later. I went into the bathroom at the place where we had the zombie prom mm-hmm. and I just started peeling off. Yes, because you were peeling mine off too. Remember? Because I, I had some of the pieces I had to get back to John yes, so we could I reuse them. So I'm like peeling them off in the bathroom, and by the time I came out, I you know I looked relatively close to normal, but just getting all the the airbrush stuff off and the stuff around the ears, I think it might be worth. If if we do it again and we do it in the same place, it might be worth getting some rooms nearby. Yeah, probably. Just so that we can we wash can ourselves faster. off, clean off. Right. Yeah. The longer you spend with that stuff on, the more dried on it gets. Because it was it was. Over an hour drive home for us, so and plus we had Ken Bones in the back. We did have Ken Bones in the back, and I I remember I sat on top of um, your jacket that you had gotten that you were gonna wear as part of your costume, but you were like ah just throw it out. So I sat on top of that so I didn't get any right. fake blood on your brand new car because you had just gotten a new car. Yep, and uh, curled up in a ball and hoping that I wasn't gonna get makeup everywhere. It was the uh, yeah because when by the time the the shirt was all shredded, I was like this looks too good. I don't want the jacket on. Nope. You know, I remember being out in the parking lot of the hotel where John was staying. Yep. Like dragging my clothes through the dirt, trying to get them <laughs> yes. all messed up, but the ground was frozen. That's right. So like I couldn't really <laughs> so get any funny. dirt on it. Yep. But it worked out in the end. I still won. So I still, you did I still, win. Still, I'm the reigning zombie prom king. I am not anything. So then I don't know if you remember, but uh, around that same time, we had an episode with uh, with Douglas Robinson talking mm-hmm. about the world of vampires that he created. And that was the night where we came in here and we recorded a show during the week, and then we put it up later yep. on. And we ended up having some audio issues with it, so the show doesn't sound all that great. But that was a very strange discussion. This is a guy who created his entire own vampire mythology. That was a very interesting topic. Like, it sounded to me, like, we've talked to a lot of authors who have created their own characters, and obviously when you create a character, you have some kind of an emotional attachment to that character. Mm-hmm. I got the feeling that this guy was, like, in love with his main vampire character. 
It went so far as him saying that he truly thought that the character he created was actually a vision, and she was walking around out there somewhere, and one day she would reveal herself to him. It was very strange. Very strange. And uh, sometimes you get into these shows and you're like, no, this sounds like it'll be an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought, even though he was a, an author of a fictional series of books, you know, he said he'd done a lot of research into vampires. So I thought we were going to talk about, like, vampire legend and lore mm-hmm. and then how he applies that to his characters. But it, it didn't seem like he'd done a lot of research. It seemed like he's kind of just come up with his own mythology and didn't really pay attention to some of the historical stuff. So it was a, it's a very strange episode. I um, I have to say that might have been one of the strangest I've ever done. Oh, we're just getting started. I know. They, this they, is episode what, two? They get weirder. Uh, and then, of course, uh, after that, we had uh, Sam Beltrusis on. Yes, we did. Talking about what was the upcoming uh, Provincetown Paracon, which actually took place in May. But we were, we were just trying to get the word out early for people because Provincetown's not easy to get to. So if you're coming from other parts of the country, right. you've got to make some good plans to get to Provincetown. It's um, it's literally the furthest tip of Massachusetts, the complete tip of Cape Cod. Listen, the two... <laughs> what? I, what? I, I didn't say anything. If what? we were on YouTube, I would have said something, but we're on oh, the radio, so God. i got to behave myself. I can't trust you But uh, the it, So that's why we're trying to get the word out, but uh, a lot of people have been asking Sam if yes. he was going to be bringing back the Provincetown Paracon? And the answer, I guess, is yes and no. Because he announced earlier tonight that he will be holding the Plymouth Paracon. Yes, the Plymouth Paracon. And I like the uh, the way that he described it in a live video tonight, where the ship is sailing from Provincetown to Plymouth. But the correlation between the two is the Pilgrims actually landed in Provincetown first right. and then made their way to Plymouth second. So it's kind of going along the line. So I'm not sure where he's going to continue it from here, if he'll keep it in Plymouth you know, next year or in the future. But I liked the um, the way that he kind of connected those together. So did so you watched the video? I did. I did, did see the video. Did he make any announcements about anybody that's going to be there? He hinted. That we can reveal here? No, we can't, re- we can't reveal anything. He did not let anything out of the bag yet. I mean, you and I may have some inside information already. Um, but he did say that he was hoping that because he was on Haunted Towns last mm-hmm. year um, for the Salem episode, that he was hoping to get Porter and Doogie out. So, well, that is all I can say. We, uh, we will share more information about that as we can. But let's just say... Either way, I'm planning on being in Plymouth that weekend. Okay. So, because it's close by to my house anyway, so I might right, as well right, go. right. I'd be rude if I didn't. But uh, so that's that's coming up in September, right? September. September 21st to the 23rd. Okay, so that's something to keep on your paranormal calendars for this year. But you know, and just talking about the, you know, when we talked to Sam last February about mm-hmm. Provincetown, he was very nervous. Right. You know, well, it was his first time. Uh, First doing time, a big con. Not only that, but also you're asking people to come. Right. It's like one thing when somebody comes from Minnesota mm-hmm. or California or Georgia or whatever, and they land in Boston, but now you've still got like another like two to three hours to get to Provincetown. It's two hours for me, at least. And that's depending on traffic. You're, you're like 20 minutes from my house. So it's, it's key traffic. It's, it's 40 miles from my house, 42 mm-hmm. miles from my house to Provincetown. It took me almost two hours. To get there, I, I want to say it was like ninety something miles from my house. And I don't know how it's only forty from yours. 
I don't know, but we literally, like, in downtown Wareham, we have a sign that says Provincetown, 40, 42 yeah. miles. So it's uh, it was a long ride for me, but I have taken that ride quite a few times people, this past summer. People forget, too, that it's not like you're riding a highway the whole way. You know, you eventually get to this point where what seems like a highway then turns into a single lane, then mm-hmm. turns into a rural back road, then turns into going through 100 sets of lights that are all going to turn red yep. as you're going through them. But But it's still kind of a highway, which is weird. Yeah, when you get to the point where you're driving through the dunes and it looks like you've hit the end of the world, <laughs> that's when it's almost like, I'm terrified of where I am right now, but thank I've God I've I've always said it. that. When you, you're on that stretch of highway and the sand covers the highway, mm-hmm. it's the weirdest thing ever. But uh, So this year it'll be a lot closer. It'll be a lot easier to get yes, to. for sure. Uh, being in Plymouth. But the, the Provincetown Paracon was a, a very good time. I mean, mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun. We had uh, a it lot of... It was my first time in Provincetown. Ever? Ever, apparently. I thought I had been before, but I hadn't. We had some adventures. You know what my, one of my, oh my God, it was so much fun. We had a great time, but I think one of my favorite parts was driving through the streets of Provincetown. And if anybody has never been before, if you're going through Provincetown, you're better off parking and walking because right. those streets are so narrow and so tiny. And, and there's people. There's people everywhere. This was, this was May, so the season yep. hadn't even started yet. And there's yep. still people all walking down the street. But I, um... My favorite part was in the middle of the day, just driving down these tiny little streets, and you have to drive slow because of people everywhere. And there would be, you know, I'd be driving down, and a fox would pop up out of the middle of nowhere. There and were a lot just of foxes, yes. <laughs> cross the street and just stand there and stare at you, like, what are you doing on my street? They were very territorial, but they were really cute, so I enjoyed seeing them everywhere. And they also, popped up everywhere. Also standing out in the street and rather territorial with the drag queens, too. Yes, yes, yes. Like, when we went. Are going to tell that story? When we went to park down. <laughs> <laughs> For the investigation, there was those drag queens right there. So yes, no, we we had some we had some interesting times. It was so much fun, including the time that we left the restaurant and I went in the wrong direction. Oh my god, that was terrifying! You drove up. down a one way street the wrong way. The wrong way, and a cop is like just sitting there, and he's like, whatever. Yep. It happens all the time. A very very busy street filled with people, like the most popular street in Provincetown that people walk up and down. I think that was the what the what the police officer was thinking is he's like, there's way too many people. He can't. Can't do any damage. And that, that restaurant that we went to with the excellent pizza and ice cream late at night? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When when uh, I was running into trouble, but for some reason, Greg Newkirk was not. Right. Just sitting there, cool as a Greg cucumber. Greg Newkirk is awesome. Uh, let's that see. That was so much fun. So from there, we had our episode. This was, this was, an, this was an episode that had been a few years in the works, uh, something that we had been looking to discuss Something that we've been trying to get this person on as a guest, and something that we had talked a lot about behind the scenes. But we had Mike McClellan on to talk about his research into the connection between UFOs and, and owls. owls. Yes. And this was an episode that freaked me out and it freaked a lot of the weird. listeners out. Like some of our paranormal friends. Yes. Actually, like listened to this episode and it unnerved them. Right, and they were they were actually messaging us the entire time that people were. Well, while we were live on air and actually saying, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said that. Oh, my God, I just experienced that. So um, that was, you know what, though, as scary as that thought was, it was kind of fascinating. And I think that it it actually helped out a lot of listeners who were wondering about some of their own strange experiences with owls. You know, I had them wondering if maybe there was something paranormal to it. And it was about more than just, you know, more than just running into an owl. Right. Like, we've all had that happen where we've had an owl that, you know, parks itself in a tree outside of our house. And yep. we, we hear it for a couple of nights and then it goes away. But it's another thing when you're always having owl experiences and you can't explain it. 
Yeah, or, you know, consistent owl experiences. And what's strange about that is ever since we've done that episode, I think the owl that was in the tree outside my house is no longer there. Hmm. And he'd been there for years. Do you think he caught on to you? Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was Mike McClellan sending the owl my way. <laughs> to make you like, get To mine. remind me to book him. I was like, you always forget me. We tried. We tried. You're always like, who should the guest be? Who? Who? <laughs> that turns out it should be him. But no, that's a great episode, and it was a great discussion, and it's certainly, certainly something that's picking up a lot of traction in mm-hmm. the UFO world. You know, Mike's research is really getting picked up by a lot of people, and uh, and and folks well are they're paying more attention to it. So right. we're, we're going to have to have him back on at some point because there's probably a lot of follow up to that. So where did we go from there? Well, then we got into March, mm-hmm. and that's when we uh, we had our second paranormal potpourri episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Which, for those who don't know, that was the witty title that Matt Costa and I came up with for some of these shows where we just talk about stuff. <laughs> we're, we're just right. Making it, it was inspired by the old Jeopardy category, where they would just put a bunch of random questions and call it potpourri. We have fun <laughs> right. with those, though. Right, because you never know where they're going to go and what we're no. going to talk about. But generally, those week. those shows pop up because we either forgot to book a guest or a guest canceled mm-hmm. or what have you. Or, you know, there's there's one or two things that we want to cover, but it's not enough to talk about for a whole show. Right. So we kind of just throw it all out there and see what sticks. And so some of these Paranormal Potpourri episodes have, uh, have actually been very thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. And some of them have been... All about uh, food. Yeah, usually about snacks. But, uh, they're usually well received. They do. People yeah. love them. This people actually, you know what? Some of those are our most popular episodes, I think. And in this one, we were actually talking about things such as spiritualism, mm-hmm. the difference between being a medium and being a psychic, and we also had callers calling with some of their own experiences. So, right. I mean, this this is like behind the scenes mm-hmm. for those who now it makes sense. If you go back and listen to this episode now, now it makes sense. But that was when I was working on putting together the, the Haunted Towns episode yes. from Cape May, where mm-hmm. we were researching spiritualism as Correct. being you know, being kind of the, the central theme of that episode. Mm-hmm. And so that's where some of that stuff came into play. And we were actually we were actually discussing things and, and basically talking about things that I was utilizing in the research for the episode. Correct. So but we was, couldn't let that on. Right. It was kind of just throwing things out there mm-hmm. and, and having those discussion points. So it a little bit of a, you know, That's when you and I were going thing. back and forth a lot about, you know, old school versus new school right. and what's better, what's not. Can can we fit this into the episode? Can this can this work? And I, I took that discussion of of that topic on the show and I sent it to the Haunted Towns yep. production team and said, you know, here's here's some of the things to consider and look at. So that's what we basically used all of you with the spooky South Coast audience. To yeah. help create that episode. So, that episode still would have been better with table tipping. Thank you for your help. <laughs> and so from there, we well then we, we also had on Seth Breedlove, who's one of our favorite guests mm-hmm. to have on all the time from Small He's Town great. Monsters. And we were talking about the Mothman legend, which was the new documentary that Small Town Monsters had coming out. Seth has just exploded. Mm-hmm. Like even since we had him on earlier this year, he's just everywhere now. He mm-hmm. won... He won Cryptozoologist of the Year. That's awesome. And he has more films in production, more films coming out. The Small Town Monsters brand has become a favorite of people, not only in the paranormal, 
but people who just love to talk about weird things and love to watch documentaries about weird things. And it's just it's it's so great to think back to, you know, when he released his first film and he came mm-hmm. on, I think we were one of his first ever interviews. Right. And he'd been a long time listener mm-hmm. but he, you know, never thought that he would actually be a guest someday and now look at him. Now he's so big it we can't even get him to come back. That's no, I'm, not true. I'm just kidding. He'll come back whenever we need him to. It's just it's nice to see people explode like that and, and great things and success happen for them. And Especially when they're that passionate. I don't want to wax nostalgic on this too much because I really don't want to keep tooting our own horn all that much. But we've we've done a lot with this show over the last, what will it be, 12 years next month? So we've done a lot with this show yeah. in terms of, like, the reach that we've had. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of funny to look back and think of, like, who we've inspired, mm-hmm. uh, who we've brought together. Right. Who we've made connections with and connections to and mm-hmm. connections through and all the you know it's 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 kind of amazing when you look back at it. We're like a weird little central hub for some people. It's it's almost like we were supposed to do this. Yeah. Well, twelve years later, we're still here, right? I mean, it'd be nice if we were supposed to do this and get paid for it, but <laughs> cough cough. I guess you can't have everything. Okay. And then uh, so from there, then uh, in March we had this is this is going to be tough talk about a little bit, but we had the final appearance on the show of our Gary Patterson right. before his sudden passing. And so we had him on in March. Uh, we were talking about some of the rock and roll legends and curses mm-hmm. and just having our usual great discussion with yeah. Gary. Now, what's funny about this is that we, in the course of the discussion, Chris Balzano was co-hosting with us. Mm-hmm. And in the course of the discussion, we talked with Gary about how, you know, it had been so long since we had him on the show and that we really should have him on more often and that we, we started talking about how Chris and Gary and I should all work on some projects together. Right. That, you know, we, we love each other's work. We love each other as people. We mm-hmm. should find a way to kind of put it all together and, and, and do some things together. And it was – we ended that discussion with – because Gary, you know, was – Effusive in his praise for for us, and it ended with okay, let's let let's actually do it this time, let's actually work on this, let's actually be teaming up on something or other, mm-hmm. and see if we can get that ball rolling, and uh, and of course we said you know we'll we'll take a couple of months because we have some things going on and we'll reconvene in a couple of months and, and talk about this, and uh, and then he passed away while while I was on the Strange Escapes cruise. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a text from Chris Balzano and it said that Gary had passed away. And in, unfortunately, you know, being out on the ocean, mm-hmm. I didn't really have signal. Right. Like, it just happened to pop through my phone, like, right as we were heading into the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. And then it was days before I could actually respond and be like, what happened? Right. And um, so uh, I just remember... Because he was actually supposed to be our guest that week. You, Right at, yeah, right after. He was coming back on. Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be not the day after, but the following yep. Saturday. And it just, it was very shocking to receive right. that text. And, and that, that night I was, I was uh, having a few adult beverages with John Tenney. Mm-hmm. And we were just kind of sitting back and talking about Gary and some of his work and his research and just about what an awesome guy he was. So that right. was, that was a show that kind of, was you know, that'll be one that I go back and listen to yeah. uh, again and again because that was back in March, March 18th. That was his final appearance with us. 
So, uh, going through the the year as well. Speaking of people who came back after we, Chris did a great job this past year mm-hmm. of finding people that hadn't been on the show in a while and getting them Bringing to come them back. back. Yep. Like we had Heidi Hollis on, mm-hmm. who we hadn't had on since the very first year of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was ten years, I think, right? And and she had been somebody who was one of our most controversial guests when she first came on, talking about her experiences with with alien beings, mm-hmm. talking about her experiences with shadow people. And I don't know why it took us so long to bring her back, because as as our show was growing, and as Spooky South Coast was kind of, bless you, finding its legs, we had Heidi also rising up. And she also was building this huge following. And it was just weird that, you know, we're kind of parallel in terms of our growth, but we just never brought her back on. So it was it was nice to reconnect with her and have her back on. Agreed. And, of course, we talked about the evolution mm-hmm. of the Shadow People from the time she was one of the first people writing about them and talking about them to now it's something that people are experiencing all the time. Right. It's very common now. Funny when we both stop to take a drink. At the same I know. Time. Sorry, someone in the chat room just said rebook Commander Sanicido. I don't know if. First of all, I don't, of all, I don't I even know. I don't that. know if she's still alive because she was pretty. I vote no. She was pretty elderly when we had her on. Um, and that was a while ago, and I don't know if. I'm sure she would come back on. I can't do it. Even um, first of all, she, the line. she's probably forgotten about what happened. Second of all, it's not like she's not making a whole bunch of appearances on other shows, which is part of the reason why I think she's probably not with us anymore. But if she is, like, she's not making a lot of other appearances, mm-hmm. so she'd probably be willing to come on. <laughs> it's just it's hard to it's hard to have her back on when we've already kind of the tore holes into everything yeah. she's told us. The things that we've said over the years. Uh, well, not, no, I wouldn't worry about that. I'd just be more worried about having her come on and telling the same story. Right. And we've already poked like holes in that story. Yeah. So how can we sit and listen to it again if we've already right. not well, accepted it the first time? That brings us to something else Jim just said was bring back Jesus. That was it's a very interesting. Same. That was 2016, but it was still a very interesting episode. The second coming of Jesus. That was, uh, what was his name? Richard Brown, I think. I don't remember. Something like that. But he, he claimed he was the reincarnated Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. Right, who sells <laughs> puppies. <laughs> who, uh, who flashes his, his money on the internet. Oh, right, right. He's a right. baller. <laughs> yeah. I don't, remember, I don't remember the original Jesus being so concerned with money. Uh, no. I'll no. give you, what was it, like $42,000 if you can prove that I'm not Jesus? Right, just 40 <laughs> Seems like a random number. Yeah, it was. It was weird. Right. Or it was maybe bizarre. it was biblical. I don't know. That, yeah, it probably hey. had to do with a psalm that we're. We we're probably know. all going to hell, so it's fine. But uh, yeah, that was a very interesting night. And right. Then, like I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't know. I don't know that you're not the resurrected Jesus. I can't say that for sure. So you can come we on. We're willing and, to hear him out. Yeah, you can share your your reasoning why, and we can have an intelligent discussion about it and, and it, see where it goes. It didn't go intelligent. It just got weird. It, very strange. When he started talking about like how certain people were going to follow him and the rest of us were all going to die. or Oh, yeah, certain races like, and religions and everything else. Yeah, we're going to live gonna on... exile them to different planets or something. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said that Muslims were not allowed in his new kingdom. Yes, yes, yes. I think so. 
So there was that. That was bizarre. Then there was the fact that they were going to like have a part of Earth that was all for them, and they were going to survive all these trials, and the rest of us were going to die. You know, and... I don't get angry often. I was angry at the end of that episode. I was an angry elf, for sure. I think that the reason why I, I tried to be nice to him was because I thought, if there's even the remote possibility that any of this is true... I don't think Jesus would piss you off that I, much. I want to be allowed in Jesus land. Like, I don't want to go through all that trials. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus... I think that's a place, actually. Jesus Land? Yeah. Jesus Land? That's yeah. an amusement park. I, th- I think, I'm pretty sure it is. I think it's in, like, Tennessee or something. Stop it. We can go if you want. I mean, I have, I have connections in Tennessee. I could probably do they have a, Do they have, like, a crucifixion coaster? I think they have, a, a like, a, a Noah's Ark ride, but it's like a little a log ride, like a flume. Stop you it. Know. Stop it. <laughs> you have that to, does, not, that does you, not exist. You can't ride it alone. There has to be two <laughs> right. at all times. <laughs> I'm getting on Google right now. And then, uh, the, like the crucifixion coaster, where you know, like they have. Um, no, if if we weren't going to hell now, like no, we're we definitely. Are. You know how they have. You, sure. you know how they have those roller coasters where like you hang down, from yeah. the, and then your feet dangle and everything. These are ones where you hang down, but you're like on the cross. Yep. And so, like as you go around the loop, like everybody's cross goes upside down, and then people have to pray because <laughs> they're like, "That's the sign mm-hmm. of the demon." And then, like, go on. So, anyway, do you think? Uh, do you think they have like a like an exorcism haunted house or something? Maybe that be good. I kind of want to go there now. Hmm. I just want to see. I know they had they had Bible Land, but Bible Land closed. Did it? That's yeah. Sad. Bible Land is one of those like abandoned amusement parks that you can go and I think it was like it might have been like Jimmy Swaggart's place or something. But you can like go down there and explore the abandoned amusement park now. I can only find articles where it says people were opposing it. So I'm going to have to uh, remember, have to shoot out a text. Do you remember Dreamland, Matt? Mm, Kirby's Dreamland? No, not the no. game. No, I don't. Well, oh, well, I remember like a it was a rumor. It was a rumor. It never came to be. For a long be. time, they were supposed to put a, a theme park around here. Right, it was going right? to be like in Plymouth, right. like in like in the Plymouth Wareham area. And like nobody really had an idea of what it was going to be, but... It ended up not happening. It didn't get approved. But for a long time, we were always saying, like, wait till Dreamland comes in. Right. Wait till Dreamland comes in. Well, speaking of Dreamland, we are uh, we're getting uh, closer and closer to being able to go there ourselves. We have one hour left in the show, but we're going to take a break. Because we're on the radio tonight, so we're going to take a break. See? We forget about this. Right. So uh, we'll be back with more Spooky South Coast following the news coming up in just a few moments here on WBSM. Number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. The science advisor is off on a Bigfoot case tonight. He texted me earlier and said that uh, he was heading out to western Massachusetts, out to the Berkshires, to deal with a Bigfoot case. So, well, I guess there was something that's been going on there, so they, they called him in. 
Hmm. So he's he's been doing a lot of Bigfoot work lately since he's hooked up with the uh, BFRO. Right. So, uh, you know, that's good. He said he's going to try and call in if he can. Right. Uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't have service. Well, and he said the other problem, too, is he doesn't know if he can talk about right. the details of what it is they're doing. So if he can, he will. But if not, you I know. I meant it's going to be cold night to be Bigfoot hunting. Yeah, uh, but uh, he said that he had to go out there now because you don't want to wait too long, especially where it snows a lot out that way. Like you want to get on this while it's fresh and new and before the tracks get covered up and all that. I wonder why no one's ever found a Bigfoot. We have had this discussion numerous times. I know. And we just keep talking in circles Mm -hmm. around it, really. Um, You know, some of the arguments make sense. You you don't really see a lot of dead animals as you're walking through the woods. But you do see some sometimes. Right. Which would make me think that I would see a Bigfoot at least once. We're going to have to have Dana and Greg on. Because from what I understand, Dana is... Amazing at Bigfoot calling, or Bigfoot language. Well, we have to have them on anyway yes. for a full show. We we just ha- we haven't had them on enough anyway. No, it's because they're always busy on Saturday nights. We need more Newkirk in our life. We actually, I actually called them a couple weeks ago to come on, and mm-hmm. they were they were actually on their way to Point Pleasant. That's right. So when they were doing that, you know, like they were, they had this top secret plan that they hadn't told anybody where they were going. Mm-hmm. And then Greg told me, I'm like, why did you tell me where you were going? Because now i got to keep the secret. Yep. Oh, but I, I appreciate it knowing. But, They're awesome. But it was uh, it was like very hard. when Because mm-hmm. people were asking me, oh, did you ask Greg and Dana to come on? I said, I did, but they're going to they're gonna be somewhere. Do you know where? I do right. know, but I can't tell you. They're so cool. I love them. So, uh, Matt, while we were in the break, uh, yes. there was the, the suggestion had come up in the first hour about having Commander Sonny Sito on again. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Commander Sonny Sito was one of the most infamous guests in the history of Spooky South Coast. We had her on many years ago. She claims to be the reincarnated Roswell alien, the alien that crashed at Roswell in 1947, was it? And she died. Well, the alien died in the crash, but then... The alien soul was resurrected in Commander Sanicito. And she had all this information that I guess didn't turn out to be mathematically correct. It turned into this whole big argument between her and Moniz about physics, and she hung up the phone and, you know, said she wasn't going to be bullied. And right. What? Uh, oh, God. Uh, when, uh, when was that? What year was that? Does okay. anyone know? Give me a second, and I'll tell you. In the chat room. Oh God! Pull that information out. Google it for us. Something. Well, I'm I'm just looking it up because because I'm trying to figure out because I I found her website, <laughs> which is outstanding, <laughs> not dated whatsoever. I'm sure it's exactly the although, same. Although the uh, as it was back then. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the thing that I do like is she apparently she used to do cartoons, which are. Mildly, mildly like, amusing. She she drew cartoons, or she was a cartoon. I guess they she drew them. I'm gonna go with the, the latter on that one. But they're not. They're actually not that bad. They're they're slightly humorous. If you like uh, very dry, like um, like New Yorker type. Hmm. So, just to cartoons. answer answer your question, going back to the old spooky South Coast message board. Wow. Oh my goodness! All right, so it's been that back long. Back in the day. 
So this was apparently it was July of 2010 that we had her on. Okay. Because this person was commenting on July 30th of 2010, and we would have had her on probably around 4th of July weekend because that's the anniversary of the Roswell crash. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's it would have been July of 2010. I'm guessing because this I remember this comment being fresh when it when the discussion (laughs) happened. Like this wasn't something that came up years later. This was something that came up. so should I read should I read the complaint first before we get into it? Mm, this is a good one. Have? This is this is the post by T James 03. At first I wasn't going to say anything, but I have to. Matt Moniz totally ruined the spooky South Coast episode featuring Commander Sanicito. Mm. Is she reincarnated alien from Roswell? Who knows, but Moniz's complete derision and disdain for this guest was extremely rude. Also, I listened to Spooky South Coast for the guests, not for Matt Moniz's personal political views. It was very bizarre when he was throwing in his opinion about President Obama when Miss Cito was trying to tell her story. I don't know what was up with Moniz, but his Obama non-sequiturs and blatant rudeness to this guest was very out of the ordinary. I hope he doesn't continue to repeat this behavior. Even Tim Weisberg sounded startled when Moniz went on his odd political diatribe and tried to save face by telling Macedo to just ignore him. That sounds like something I would have said. Oh, that sounds ugly. <laughs> All right, but the, this this commenter finished with, by the way, no matter what we think of Sonny Cito's story, we should have she should have been treated with respect, and wasn't. Mm. And I I did respond back to this, and I I took exception with the fact that this person felt like she wasn't treated with respect, because we I, pride ourselves on treating all guests with respect. If I recall, I think it, I think it went fairly well for the majority of the interview. Right. It was just when it, it got to civil. the point where yeah. she was throwing out math that didn't make sense and didn't work. Moniz took exception to that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you were you were looking up Commander right. Sanicito's website. Right. First of all, uh, I'm going to send you guys a message. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's on her website, which is fun and creepy. I don't know but, if I um, want to click on this. Uh, around like 2014... Um, the, the web admin posted, uh, due to influences beyond our control, Sonny has asked to um, that her webpages be removed, and she continues to be harassed by certain individuals who have no clue about her integrity and her compassion in reaching out to help others. And she wants to thank everyone over the last few years who have helped out. So um, I don't know if she's still alive, but her website is up but never so going to be updated again. this link that you sent us... I kind of want one. <laughs> do you? No. <laughs> do yeah, you? I kind of do. I mean, don't get me wrong. They freak no. me out. Apparently, Commander Sanicito makes one of a kind. She's into arts and crafts. Handmade alien dolls. Anatomically correct. Are they anatomically correct? Stop it. penises? I don't know. My favorite. Yeah, that, that would, uh, you'd, you'd have to argue the fact that aliens would have some sort of. I don't know which one is more my favorite. And I, and and I know that it's you know it's stupid to talk about photographs on the radio, but I don't know if I, I like. Can, I can bring it up on the uh, the the thing. Well, I don't know if I like the one what that is it? What are, what are we has streaming. There's one that has blonde curly hair, so it looks like it's like a, a, a maybe a half alien, half human hybrid. But it has like blonde curly hair, and it kind of looks like uh, I'm trying to think of who it reminds me of. It reminds me of like a celebrity, but I can't think of who it reminds me of. But I think, I don't know if that one's my favorite or the one right next to it where it's clearly like the Bruce Leroy of Alien Dolls. Oh, maybe. Which one is that? Because I probably have to have it. 
It, it's got like it's got like a blue headband tied around its head, and it has like a blue suit that looks very much like a like a fancy ninja gi. But I I don't know which one's my favorite. I like the version. the one in purple. The with the at the very at the very top there. The one reminds me if if Prince was an alien. Oh yeah, that the one that's just like lounging there on the chair. Right. It's just like hanging out. It's cool. So, I found some information I'm going to send to you guys. About about Commander right. Sanicido? Yeah. I like that. On, on the website, she adds, like, uh, <laughs> each doll is unique and cannot be duplicated. Handmade. That's crafts. Well, I mean, it could it could probably be duplicated. They don't look like they're that... You know what I mean? Like they, they don't look that complicated. <laughs> like I, I, I'm not, I'm not any kind of crafter at all. But when I was in eighth grade home economics, I had to make a, a stuffed dinosaur on a sewing machine. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I'm confident enough in my sewing machine skills that I could probably make one of those. These are kind of adorable. I'm changing my tone on these. I'm looking at them again. I just don't like aliens. I don't like the one with the curly hair. Yeah, who does it remind you of? It reminds me of somebody. Holly Shore, I don't know, or Andy Dick. No, it's. I want to say it's a woman that it reminds me of, but like a famous okay, actress. So, <clears throat> I have sent over my my top secret scroll <laughs> message, um, but what's next on our agenda? Well, I don't know. I what's next on our list? I almost think we should bring her back on. If she's still alive. We need to have a follow-up episode. What I just sent you looks like she's been updating her Facebook page regularly, so... Maybe. Um, Maybe. She might come back on. It also seems like she's super into the Titanic now. Yes. So she might not be the Roswell alien anymore. She might be a Titanic. Yes, so things might have changed, because it looks like she constantly posts about the Titanic, so I'm kind of interested to see what's going on. This, this This might get weird. I said we'd go that's, for it. That's what we like. I said we'd go for it. Keep All it, right. Keep an open mind. Well, heading back into our spooky South Coast year in review, uh, we're, we're up to about uh, April. And uh, in April, that was when we had Danny Roberge came back. Danny Bigbeard came mm-hmm. back to talk about his new program, Echovox X, which, for those of you who have never used it. It was basically like having a hundred different ghost boxes going all at once. It was Echo Vox technology, but with uh, streaming web radio as the sound source instead of having it be a phonetic generator. And I was lucky enough to get to be one of the people that kind of beta test it. Right. And I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was very, I liked it better than using a single, you know, using a single uh, ghost box. But I don't know. It, it, it's still in my arsenal of apps that I have, but it just nothing replaces Echo Box for me. No, especially now that I have 3.0, <coughs> and it makes such a huge difference to have 3.0 as opposed to the one that I was using. So, but it was very interesting to get kind of the behind-the-scenes uh, story about how that was created. So definitely worth going back there and listening to that episode as well. Then we had an episode where we talked about nightmares. And we shared some of our own nightmare experiences. We got a little That's personal right. on that episode. That was that was a very personal episode. And that was also when we had um, we also had uh, Dave McCullough from the BFRO calling as well. And 
Now, that was right around the time when Monique started working on a lot of these Bigfoot cases. Right. So. It was much warmer then. Right. <laughs> it, it was. But uh, it was, um, you know, we kind of knew then that, like, we could tell Moni's was shifting, pivoting toward right. doing that because, you know, it's I, I, it's something that he'd always been doing over the years, but I just think that he it was grabbing his attention more and more. So uh, that happened back in April. We'll see what else we talked about. Oh, then uh, back on April 15th, we were talking about how we had some of these spooky South Coast returns after many years of not being... Mm-hmm. On the show, well, that was when we brought back Paul Eno, That's who was right. the second guest ever on Spooky South Coast. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, he might have been the third. I don't remember this. He was on the second episode of Spooky South Coast. I don't remember if we had him on first or if we had Reverend Gail Hicks on first, predicting the Super Bowl. But uh, it was very, it was very hard to find psychics back then that were local. Huh. So, you couldn't just open the phone book up and find psychics back then. No, you couldn't. There was no Facebook. I remember I went to uh, a few shops asking, and did I got turned really away. Yeah, stop I did. It. Well, because I don't know. I don't know. That was before the internet, really. So it, it was just like go. It, we had the internet. Yeah, but I mean, like but before, before social was, media, though. When you search psychic, like nothing really. Comes right, up. you would get yeah. Like you you, would, there was some local shops and things like that. But you, you made a I, face when I said stop that. Stop it. it? I was hoping you didn't catch that. I did. I just watched it on YouTube. Is that well? That's the thing is you can't make faces anymore because you're always on camera. But I forget. Is, is there is there like a a psychic fight there? No. Okay. No. Um, I just have some. But you know each other. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. God, do I out that or do I not? To be fair, we had no idea who you were back then. Like you weren't you weren't oh, doing no. that stuff. No, 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 that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, I just I just don't enjoy um, people that hmm. act a certain way, I guess. I think, I think back then, we didn't really um, have an understanding of the different types of psychics as well. Because there's psychics, the psychic mediums, and then there's, uh, well, there's I mean, there's, 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 there's psychics that are willing to work with paranormal groups and then there's there's, there's ones others that, that don't yep and then there's and ones they have, that i mean they 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 kind of they have their own reasons why they don't want to do that but there's, i mean it's, it's a uh, a different style i guess there's also ones that uh fake it and take money that's true Those are, there's also ones that have been right. caught faking it and taking money well listen this was this was what it was was sprinkle we we salt the salt guy the salt guy. <laughs> <laughs> we need, yeah, we need that meme of, of Stephanie sprinkling the salt. But uh, this, <laughs> I've never seen it. You never see it? No. You never saw that? No, we're going to have to pull that up. Oh, God. That's all right. I didn't know that he was actually sprinkling salt and that that meant you oh, were really? salty until you just said that. So. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not salty at all. I might, I might be salty that I, I lost $125 at some point. Oh, Speaking of which, I taught Jim Phillips what memes were this week. That's nice. what I'm saying. That, yeah. that would have been yeah. perfect Kermit sipping the tea meme right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> we had her on to predict the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh-huh. It was Like I said, it was our second episode ever. So we had her on to predict the Super Bowl, and I don't think she got any totally wrong. Right, <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. wrong. You've had Linda on to do basketball too, right? <laughs> yeah, we had her. No, we uh, we wrote an article. There was an article in the paper mm-hmm. about her predicting basketball. But, you know, that was just that was like a tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. fun thing. Yeah. And that's how I actually found out about, about the other person is that 
there was a, an article about her in the newspaper, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, let's call her and see. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that there was, like, a lot of psychics that live around here. That's hard right. to do anyway, do with predictions anyway, is it? Of course. There's a lot of factors right. that come yeah. into play. Without getting too deep into it. I yet. mean, like, they, you can't... I, still I feel people. like you, you can't really go too far into specifics. You can go... You can go as far as... The understanding that I have is, like, you can kind of, uh, like, pick out a general path for someone or something, Everything some event, but not, will. like... Right. You can't pick out mm-hmm. a score or something. I have people that call me every year and ask who's going to win the Super Bowl. My favorite thing to read every year is... Um, there's a column that Mike Thomas does in the Fall River Herald News, mm-hmm. where he asks like famous people who he thinks he's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to win the Super Bowl, and he he just like tries to like reach celebrities. Like he'll email like Lady Gaga's people and be like, "Can I talk to Lady Gaga?" Mm-hmm. And he'll just get like all these celebrities that weigh in on the Super Bowl. It's hilarious. That's awesome. Every year, but I always thought about doing that here, mm-hmm. like with a bunch of psychics, like just you talking can. to a bunch of different ones and being like, "Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think is going to happen?" What's the final score going to be? Just for fun. Though. Whichever one got it right, you're like, you're the real Zaga. You're the real one. The rest of you are crap. You can never be on the show. It's going to be Who's like my own... Who's going to What's his name? Uh, Bob, the guy who rates all the psychics. Bob Olson. It'll be my own Bob Olson test. That'd be cool. If you can guess the Super Bowl right, then... I usually get the Super Bowl right. I hate doing the score. What about the Puppy Bowl? I've never even watched the Puppy Bowl. you never bowl. watched the Puppy Bowl? How do you not watch the Puppy Bowl? Oh, You're like a prime I Puppy know. Bowl candidate. <laughs> It's so adorable. Are you trying to tell me that you don't think I watched the Super Bowl, but I'd watch no, the Puppy Bowl? No, the Puppy Bowl is on before the Super Bowl. I know it is. It's a little too commercial, I think, this year. Yeah. yeah this, the Puppy Bowl? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not been Ever the since they, they added the um, uh, the bowl cam, the water bowl cam. Oh, yeah. Mm, I don't yeah, know. Was, yeah. They have, a, they have a camera underneath the yep. water bowl. Okay. So when the dogs drink the water, you get a, a shot from yep. underneath, and it's... Kind of adorable, but... Kind of The adorable. XFL yeah. may be coming back, too. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that, Matt? Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Vince McMahon actually put back in for the trademarks and started a, a new company, sold some of his stocks, mm-hmm. started a new company called Alpha Sports. I suppose he's bringing back the XFL. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll carry those games on the radio on Saturday nights and we'll get kicked off. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back into our year in review. So okay. we, uh, we, I'm sorry, we were saying we had Paulino back on. Yep. And we talked more about the idea of quantum physics and the paranormal and other things that uh, had changed in the, you know, the 10 plus years that we had, what was it? So 2000, so 11 years since we had talked to, mm-hmm. to Paulino. Uh, the next episode, we had uh, Lyle Blackburn on to talk about the legend of the Boggy Creek Monster mm-hmm. and some of the other crypto work he has done, and including working with Seth Breedlove on the Small Town Monsters. We did we did mm-hmm. a lot of crypto shows this year. I feel like it was, it was a big year for crypto stuff. It certainly was. I mean, overall, there were, there were a lot of big crypto stories in the news, and we're going to get into one of those coming up in just a little bit. But it seems like it was one of those topics where we were really lagging behind in recent years. So mm-hmm. in talking with Chris when he was booking the show, we said, you know, this is something that we've really let fall by the wayside and we should we should bring back a lot of that. And I think we did a pretty good job of sharing some of those stories this year. Uh, then we were joined by the Dr. Scott Kolbaba talking about physicians' untold stories, stories from the world of medicine that prove to Dr. Scott and to his colleagues mm-hmm. that there is something more than this, that there mm-hmm. is... 
there is an afterlife, there are ghosts, there is, you know, some sort of other realm where we go when we leave here. And, and he, I remember he talked a lot about um, intuitive healing mm-hmm. and, 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 and intuitive diagnosis. So that was, you know, these are things that we've talked about a lot from the psychic perspective. Right. But it was good to have somebody coming on talking about it from the medical perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big stories of the year this year is that there was a lot of those kind of stories coming out in the media. A lot of stories of just miracle healings, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people who decided to go to the doctor because something had been bothering them and if they had waited another day they would have died you know right. those type of stories there seemed to have been a lot of those this year a lot of people who uh, were, were going into the hospital for or going into the doctor to have a small thing checked out and it turns out that it there was something bigger that was wrong with them and mm-hmm. you know they're like I never go to the doctor but this thing has been persistent so I thought that I would go you know a lot of those type of stories that uh, maybe the medical field is finally starting to tune in to some of that stuff. Maybe maybe medicine has gotten to the point where it's become so charted, so figured out, so scientific, so like second nature almost to be able to go through these processes right. that maybe they're starting to, that, that they've been able to make the medical part of it second nature, that they are opening themselves up more to the to the psychic aspect of it. Intuition is so strong with people and they tend to push it away. In doing something robotic or routine like that, you can miss a lot. Just going off of your own gut feeling. You know, a lot of people talk about it like mother's intuition is probably the most widely accepted type of intuition. Like, you know, mothers know best. Um, how many stories have come out where, you know, you bring a child to the doctor, the doctor, you know, misdiagnosis or whatever it might be, but mother's intuition knows best. So it's kind of along the same lines. I think if people just use their intuition more than we'd be better off because sometimes not every single person who has we'll say five people show up with the same type of disease or problem it doesn't mean that it affects them all the exact same way so that was a that was a fascinating show and i remember there being a lot of talk with uh with dr kolbaba when he was on with us too about um about there being more of an acceptance from the patients too Mm -hmm. to suggest some of these things on their own to right. say you know to 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 almost ask the questions of well you know what is your gut telling you mm-hmm. and but also i remember him blasting the fact that a lot of other people in the medical field like you said it becomes kind of robotic and right. and, and, and a machination where they're not allowing for the possibilities because you're telling them that you have this 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 and this and their training tells them that it has to be this. Right. Even though their gut feeling might be something else. Mm-hmm. Like they're just going by. Like it's no different than walking into, you're basically walking into a doctor's office to type a bunch of symptoms into WebMD. Right. I mean, those little charts where, you know, you have a question at the top and then it asks you, you know, pick yes or no. Right. And then if you pick yes and you have a bunch of other options, if it's no, it's a bunch of these options. It shouldn't be like that at all. Um, I mean, even being a Reiki master teacher, and having Reiki be widely accepted now, especially, um, you know, in, in our area, in Boston Hospital, some of the top hospitals in the world, um, they offer that regularly to patients that just get, you know, just wake up from any type of surgery now. My daughter was in Boston Children's Hospital this past um, summer, and somebody came right in and asked if I would like her to have Reiki, which I thought was amazing because it's recognized now medically as pain management, which it wasn't before. It was just a bunch and of foo-foo like, stuff. You were like, hell no, we're not paying for that. I can just do that You don't myself. have to pay for it. It's complimentary. 
So I actually told her, we had a great conversation. I said, I'm actually a Reiki master teacher and I've been giving her Reiki since she came out of surgery and before. She's like, oh my God, that's wonderful. I can't believe that. And she's like, I'm going to go, you know, lend my services to somebody else since she's already taken care of. But it was actually, you know, kind of a cool, um, eye-opening situation for me that it's, it's being offered more. And I mean, God, my mother got Reiki certified about 20 years ago. And she had to fight. She was a nurse, and she was taking care of end-stage um, cancer patients. And she begged her administration to let her do it because she knew that the benefits were going to be great for her her suffering patients. And so, now I mean, it's in every hospital. What, when you're doing Reiki, what is it that you're doing? So You're not physically touching somebody. It's, it's a hands-on healing. You don't have to put your hands on them in order to heal them. Um, you can do two to three inches above the body. You're transferring... Universal life force energy. So you're basically, when it's an old Japanese um, ancient hands-on healing technique, um, when you get the attunement, it aligns your chakra system a certain way in order to receive universal energy around you. So I describe it to people as um, like mommy magic. You know, you're a kid, you fall, you get hurt, you cry, but the minute your mother hugs you, it stops. Right, well, no that's, matter how much pain you're that's, in. That's what I'm certified in that you're not certified in. I'm certified in Miyagi. Okay, awesome. <laughs> you're not certified in Miyagi. So, um, or even if you scrape your knee as a kid, you immediately put your hand on it to make it feel better. So you have healing capabilities yourself. But what happens is if you continuously do that yourself, you run out of energy. This aligns you with universal life force energy, so you have an unlimited amount of energy. So you're basically just a conduit to push healing energy or energy around you into somebody else. So you're giving that person the energy it needs in order to heal itself. So why can't you just do that to somebody without their permission in the hospital? You know, Because they need to accept it. The person, right. But mm-hmm. the, the actual medical staff doesn't have to know that you're doing that. What do you mean? Like you can go in there and just, you can go in there and say, hey, you want me to do some of this Reiki stuff? And the person can be like, yeah, go ahead and do it. You can do it. Like, you know. <laughs> well, if you're a stranger and you show up in their room and right. they have no idea who you are, it's a little awkward. They're probably yeah. going to want to get like, you kicked I'm out. I'm not going to touch you. I'm just going to have my hands right. creepily over you. But right, there's but there's no like Reiki Me Too movement, you know, like nobody's, <laughs> like, you, no, I'm just saying like you, you can do it without touching them and nobody's going to know. So it's if well, you if can't the, do it without having the patient. Ex- but if the patient's it. willing to accept it, it doesn't matter if the higher ups won't approve it. Is what I'm saying. They may or may not allow it because you know liability and all that stuff. Because people are a little crazy. But how's that liability if you didn't touch them? Because people can say you did anything. Yeah, but they don't believe if if the medical staff doesn't believe in what it is that you're doing. Then the medical staff does. Well, they don't have a choice. The hospital administrating administration. Uh, Believes in it. They have it. No, I'm talking before they before they did. Oh, I'm I'm trying to go back to like when you were saying like it was, yeah, it wasn't accepted. I'm trying to say like there must have been a way to do it without them realizing that you were doing it. Oh, I'm sure there was. Do but... you want Do you want me to certify you in Miyagi? Do you want to add that to your arsenal? <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you. Do you know what my, Miyagi um, is? Yes, I have a great idea of what you're about to what, say. What is Miyagi? I'm not going there. I'm going to let you tell everybody. She doesn't know what Miyagi she is. No, I do. So Miyagi is when somebody gets hurt, right? And you, they're you hurting. Slap you just your go, hands together. right? And then you rub them together, and then you touch it, and then the pain is gone magically. That's not Reiki. It, that's it Miyagi. Works. It works. You know how crazy it's you better are. Than it does. Reiki. My every time my son got hurt growing up, I Miyagi, I Miyagi right. him, and the pain went away right away. But you're still transferring your energy to him, which is making him feel better. You just don't have the backup, so you don't get exhausted. And then I just go like that, and it works every time. 
Thank God for Pat Morita. Right. What would I know about this world if it wasn't for Pat Morita? Right. All right. right. What's that? Well, the uh, the next episode that we did was uh, May twenty seventh. I was I was on a boat, mm-hmm. and so uh, while I was doing that, uh, you were here with, with Lynn Marie. That was that was the uh, that was the night where you did the entire episode with your feet up on the desk. Tisk tisk. I did. Yes, that's not exactly uh, accepted procedure here. <laughs> we're supposed to act I have like nothing we're, to say. We're supposed to act I, like we're radio professionals. I am a professional. Yeah, just click on the video mic. Are they on the air or are they just hanging out waiting for a game to end? What's going on here? It was comfortable. I have long legs. She's wrapped up in the conversation. So does Ken Pittman, but he doesn't put his legs up when he's on the air. <laughs> Uh, anyway, no, that's because it was just it was you and your friend, and you just wanted to talk to your friend, and just so happened that the radio microphones were in front of you while you were doing it. I think we had a good episode. You did. You had a very good episode. Uh, Matt and I had an agreement of Code mm-hmm. Purple. Right, Code Purple. And uh, I ran the board with help, and it wasn't that bad. It's not that bad. It was a little intimidating at first. I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it. But it was it was a good time. So we had fun. We'll have to we'll have to have you do it a few times. During the year this year to get like more used to it, yeah, you know, or you can just come in and do it when I'm around. I mean, it, we can show you anytime; it doesn't have to be I during know. the show. But that's our that's our, our goal for Spooky South Coast this year, Matt. Get Stephanie trained better on the board. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to because uh, then I'm gonna do a show over there while I eat Taco Bell. <laughs> it <does> work. <laughs> well, it's been a good what five years now of. Me sitting over here eating Taco Bell. Right, Taco Bell appreciates the show because we count for all of their pre-bar closing business on a Saturday mm-hmm. night. Right. Then after that, uh, of course, I came back from from Bermuda. You did. And we had, we had heard that news that our Gary Patterson had passed away. So the next week we did we did an episode tribute. that was a tribute to him because he was supposed to be on the week after that mm-hmm. for our 500th episode because we decided that. For our 500th episode, we were just going to give a gift to ourselves mm-hmm. and just listen to Gary tell us awesome stories. Right. Uh, but instead, we had to look back at the impact that he had. And that was, that was a great show because we got people to call in and share their thoughts about Gary. And, uh, and of course, Chris and I shared our, our thoughts and our, our personal connections with Gary. So you can go back and listen to that. That's episode 499. Mm-hmm. Then the following week, we had our 500th episode. And we could not figure out how we wanted to best... Celebrate it with with Gary not being able to join us. So we kind of just did a look back at some of our best and worst shows of the last Mm -hmm. 11 years. Yep. Where we kind of, 11 and a half years, where we looked at some of the episodes talking about, I remember Commander Sonny Cito came up. Mm -hmm. We talked about the Backyard Podcast episode, which is still legendary. Yep. We talked about, I think we talked about the, the Jeff Belanger 40th Birthday Backyard Podcast episode. Yes. Which is not quite as legendary because we actually we took the discussion I think a little too seriously in that mm. one. We didn't have enough fun in that episode. But when Jeff turns fifty, forget it. Blowout party. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I think we'll still be on. Who knows? I hope so. But um, and then we had uh, w- w- what else did we talk about? Some of the all-time greatest classics. The the War of the Worlds episode, mm-hmm. which is still I'm very proud of. The, still talked about the regularly. live radio drama. That we did, mm-hmm. you know that was uh, that was a great one. The Roswell Smackdown. That's always a favorite of people. Where I don't know if we could ever. We we should probably try to bring that back sometime. I've I've always thought that Amityville would be a perfect Smackdown episode if we could get 
people to take either side. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that that just worked. I remember how we were like trying to get like ring ring sound effects, like ring bells, and <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like, fun. It was yeah, great. we could do so much more with mm-hmm. that now than we could then, especially with the video and all that stuff. So, well, well we back were, then we we poorly planned shows and we did it like we did. the day before, mm-hmm. and now we do it day before. Nothing made me happier back in those days than when whoever was supposed to cook with me on Saturday mornings at the diner didn't show up because that meant that Matt had to come in. And then even though you had to come in on your day off, at least it meant that we could plan the show (laughs) while we were cooking breakfasts. And that guy would be out front yelling us to stop worrying about chasing ghosts and just give him more home fries. Oh, my God. Right. I hate people. You know what's funny is I heard about you for years before I started listening to Spooky South Coast about your ghost pancakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did make the ghost pancakes. Yep. Like, who is this weirdo and why does he make ghost pancakes? And he has a ghost show? Okay, I guess I'll listen. Those 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 pancakes were... I don't know why people like pancakes anyway. I've never been a big pancake fan. <laughs> but I can eat one of them. Yeah, that's it. It's one. That's lead, all I need. Lead pipes. I'll, one, I'll one eat pancake. them if they have chocolate chips in them. Lead pipes. That's what Bernie used to call them. They sit in your stomach like lead pipes. <laughs> Gross. Uh, the week after that, we had uh, the first ever time that Jason Offit joined us, which mm-hmm. was surprising considering all the years that we've been doing the show. We had never had him on. We talked about the Missouri butterfly people, shadow figures, uh, so much more. And if you want to go back and listen to that one, we actually discussed in the first hour of that show, we talked about the paranormal power of mirrors. I don't know if you remember that when we were discussing that, but we were talking about like... I don't think I was here for that episode. Well, it was... It was the paranormal power of mirrors. That's, so that's can, very interesting, though. Well, we, we know for a fact that there's very strange things that happen mm-hmm. in mirrors on investigations. I think that was, uh, we were talking about that because at the Provincetown Paracon, yep. we were doing some uh, mirror work in the church. Mirror scrying, yep. And everybody was having some very strange experiences with that. Yes. Uh, episode 501. Mm-hmm. We had our, our friend Ty Gowan join us for the first time ever. That was an awesome episode. It was... It, it, if Looking back on it, like <laughs> it was one of the most highly energetic episodes that yes. we've ever had. Um, that might be... No, I would have thought the wine festival would have slowed <laughs> things down a little bit. But it, yeah. was, it was Ty and a microphone, so it, magic just happens. Ty is just magic. He's amazing. I love him. We have to have him back on. He asked to come back on this past summer, but we weren't going to be on air. So we need to get him back. Well, and he'll be in our area quite a few times. I'm sure. So we'll definitely cross paths with him yep. again coming up this year. But people can always watch Haunt Me if you want to see more of Ty. Uh, then after that, we uh, we had just come back from the Middleborough Paracon, mm-hmm. and we dragged Sherry with us. We did. That was fun. That was her first time ever being on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I told the embarrassing story about when I didn't know who she was when mm-hmm. she came up to my table at Salem Con. Yeah. And I was like, oh hi, yeah, I don't, I don't. I thought she was like one of the producers or something. No idea. Now I know who she is. I remember you telling me that story, and I still didn't know who she was, and it took me a while. I can't remember. I started talking to her. We actually kind of became friends like via text message. It was First. just. It was just a matter of I hadn't been keeping right. up with the latest updates uh, to the show because I was trying not to watch other shows as I yep. was working on the ones that I was working on because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be influenced in any way. Right. Uh, then we had uh, we had Ken DeCosta come on and Porter call in when we were promoting the right. uh, Rhode Island Paracon, which was Ocean State Paracon, which was uh, 
quite successful this year. Right. They raised a lot of money for charity. And we had a cool investigation associated with it and, a, and an excellent dinner. Yes. On, which we, we got to work on something at that place, man, just because I got to go back and have some food. <laughs> oh, my God. If you have never been to Tavern on the Main, you have to go there and have... Matt, we're going to go there some night, especially like this time of year where it's probably slow. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go on a Sunday, and I'm going to buy you dinner. That's not weird, right? No. For 14 bucks, they have like these multi-course meals on a Sunday. 14 bucks? That's not bad. Yeah, I got fish and chips, but they have like a bunch of different stuff. And That was uh, a really funny night. Yeah, we just we just We laughed a lot. We didn't even really drink either. We didn't drink. It was just at all. I think it was from being out in the sun all day and we It were, was 100 degrees out. Yeah, we so, were dehydrated yeah. and yep. I think we were just all automatically goofy. It was awesome. But uh and then uh, after that we had a UFO gym. Which was, uh, Matt, you you actually booked UFO Gym, didn't you, for us? Um, I don't remember. I think you did. Did I? Maybe. So we had Jim Ledwith on. That was his first time with us. Uh, we had the Boogeyman with Ben Jeffries, where we talked about uh, looking into the Boogeyman in different cultures and looking mm-hmm. into you know what people have been afraid of over the years. Uh, we, that was also when we had uh, Michael Watchalonis on to talk about paranormal evidence, the new virtual reality experience that was coming out August 1st. I, I got to say, I still haven't downloaded that. I still haven't checked it out. Have you, Matt? No, no. Do you have VR? I don't. I, uh, I, I should get it. I, I think I'll I'll bring you in my, my Viewmaster. Because mm-hmm. we have is the it, Is it like the, the Google Cardboard thing? Yeah, it's like Whatever. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have a controller. For any ones that use a controller, but you can get a controller at Walmart for like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. What is it? it just connects to your phone or something, or yeah, you just you just stick your phone in it, and then like a lot of the games, you just have to like look in a certain direction, and you don't actually have to press anything. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, and then we talked about the boogeyman, as I said, with with Ben Jeffries. Uh, then uh, then tragedy struck once again in the spooky South Coast family because that's when we lost the great Jim Mars. Right. He had been sick for a while before that. He had actually lost his eyesight. And uh, we, uh, Tim Benall and myself had been kind of texting back and forth about mm-hmm. how things were going with, with Jim. And then the the word came down that Jim had passed away. So naturally we had to have Tim come on right. and, uh, and share and discuss it with us. And it was, it was hard because he was a mentor. He was a friend. He was a guy who... I knew about for years before we even started doing the show, and I was an admirer of his work and his research, and I said, gee, if we could just get that guy to come on one time, I'd be happy. And he came on multiple times with us over the years. He was a great resource to just call on the phone or shoot an email to when you were talking about something and you had a question, even if he couldn't come on the show when we needed him to because right. of the schedule. He would give us a bunch of stuff to talk about and a bunch of you know ways to look at and and uh, I remember when he had his first uh, novel. I mm-hmm. think it was called The Sisterhood of the Rose. So his first novel that he ever wrote, and he was so excited about this. And he reached out and he said, can I come on your show and mm-hmm. talk about this? Because I love you guys. I love your audience. And I know that your audience would be interested in the story. And I was like, wow, like Jim Mars mm-hmm. is a fan of ours now. Like all the years that I right. worshipped him and what he did, like now he wants to – you know, he looks at us as a place where he can come on and, and help benefit him, and so it's just a, just an amazing guy, and and we lost him too soon. 
Uh, we followed that up the following week with David Gowd's awards return, another guy who hadn't been on the show in a number of years. So he came to talk about uh, his new project that he's been working on, the Horror Guide to Massachusetts and the Horror Guide to Northern New England. Mm-hmm. He's, he's putting together these horror guides for different locations. And uh, that was also the first episode where I could start to spill the beans a little bit about Haunted Towns. Right. And talk about it because we were getting closer to its actual air date. So that was when that fun ride began. And then after that, where else did we go? Oh, that's when we got to the Chicago Mothman, which was one of the biggest paranormal stories of 2017, I'd have to say. All these Chicago Mothman sightings that have happened. Right. That Lon Strickler was out there categorizing. He came on, talked about them with us. And there's been a lot of controversy about that. There's been a lot of fighting about that. There's been people who have picked up on their research and carried mm-hmm. on their own, and that's caused some problems. There's some people who have uh, called into question their research, so it's it's been quite the controversial topic. But the fact is, people are still reporting seeing this Mothman-type creature mm-hmm. in the Chicago area, even now, like the sightings haven't gone away. Mm-hmm. So that might be a story that continues to bleed into 2019 as well. Mm-hmm. Let's see, then we had on John David Miller, who joined us to talk about the Cybold effect beyond science, history, ghosts, and the Appalachian supernatural. That was followed, it was like, almost like we were like, we're going to go down south. First we stopped to, first we went to Appalachia. Yep. And then we followed that up with a trip down to Tennessee because we had Porter on. Right. To, to finally really get into the discussion about haunted towns. Uh, then one of our favorite episodes of the year, at least one of my favorite episodes, I hope you guys feel the same, that was when we were joined by Dark Waters. You know, I still talk about that episode. Such a great episode. And I really, really think we need to contact him because we're going to New Orleans in November. Oh, we are definitely going to be think hanging we need out to with Dark him. Waters. We are definitely going to be hanging out with Dark Waters. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, he promised me the best po'boys he in did. New Orleans. He would tell us the secret of where they... They were. So, Dark, if you are listening, we'll be there in November. I don't remember the actual November date. 9th to the 11th. So, we have to make a plan to hook yes. up and hang out, and he's going to show us the real New Orleans. Right. I'm so excited for that trip. I'm, I'm really excited for that. My favorite, favorite city on Earth, at least in all the places that I've been. Well. And I don't throw around that kind of praise lightly. I have not been yet. This will be my first time, and... The event that we'll be attending is called Haunted Bourbon, so definitely look that up. And uh, one of the discussions is there's – I know that there's different events that are going on around the convention itself, but there's also going to be haunted pub crawls too where people are going to really? go out and do some drinking. So I will not be attending those. I'll be in bed early. I don't know. There's, I don't know don't, if I can do it. I don't know if I can do Bourbon Street. You don't go to bed in New Orleans. There's no going to sleep. You just pass out wherever you are. I don't think you you know how lame I am. No, that's, that's Matt. Are you coming with us? I think I'm going to have to. I think that's, you have to. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Po' Boys, but I'm sure there's. No, I'm with wait you. a minute. Wait a minute. Why aren't you a fan of Po' Boys? It's shrimp. But you don't yeah. have to have a shrimp Po' Boy. But what's your shrimp. other option? Anything. They can put anything in a po' boy. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I'll have a gator. No. They'll make you a gator yeah. po' boy. That's, there's no doubt about that. I don't that. know if that's a thing. I don't know if that's like yeah, sacrilegious. You, no, yeah. you can probably do like a gator sausage po' boy. Yeah, I'd do that. No. Totally. Mm-mm. No, but like what meats will you eat? I don't know. They just do put like a ton of yeah. sauce. They'll, make you, a, they'll make you a grilled chicken po' boy. I don't know. 
It's just this. The, it's not. It's a sub. But it, when I eat meat, it can't taste like meat. It won't. You're it not going to taste like the meat stuff. You're going to taste the remoulade. Mm, You're going to taste remoulade is awesome. Just a spicy sauce. You're going to taste the remoulade, the lettuce, the tomatoes, the pickles. Listen, I will luck out because the two people that I constantly push my leftover or unwanted food onto will be there with me. <laughs> so it's it's usually Tim, and when Tim is not there, it's Porter. So it doesn't no, matter what I order. You're just going to eat it. No, what's going to end up happening is we're going to end up saying to Stephanie, like, John, Porter, and I, we're all going to these places. Matt, if he's there, mm-hmm. he'll be going. And you can either come with us or not. And then... You can't just leave me by myself. It, yes, we can. And then <laughs> if you don't come with us... Yep. And you don't, like, like join us, like, you know, we, we can be a bunch of sloppy, slobbery eaters with the po' boys. If you do join us, however, yep. we're going to be a bunch of sloppy, slobbery eaters with our po' what, boys. What's right. the difference? Because I've never judged you before. Yeah, but you're going to have to actually watch this. It's out... out it's going to be like that scene it's from Hell Baby, where we're just like, sh- oh, yeah. Oh, gross. No. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, these things, <laughs> no. like, fall apart. No. Nope. It's like, you know when you're eating a Big You know, like, when you let a Big Mac sit a little bit too much, and then you go to eat it? Ugh. It's like that. <laughs> it's going to be so good. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. Uh, we only have a, a few moments left, uh, so we'll try and burn through these pretty quickly. Uh, episode 512, back on September 30th, we had... Uh, Jim Andre on to talk about his alien tattoo. Right. And uh, also we have the amazing Kreskin join us. We did. That was a cool episode. Anybody who is listening to WBSM right now, live on Saturday night, this coming Thursday morning at 9 a.m., the amazing Kreskin will be joining Phil Paleologos on the show to give some predictions for 2018. And he already made one prediction of people going to theaters and taking their clothes off. Is it's going to become a thing? I believe it in 2018. I believe it. That's weird. So let's he was see what, awesome. We'll see what else he has in store. I thought so. it was cool that he turned around the conversation and started interviewing me. So <laughs> Thursday is my birthday. And yes, it is. So that's why Phil booked him on Thursday. That's so awesome. I, I actually have to come in early mm-hmm. on my birthday and not at nine o'clock. But you know, I'm going to come in and we're going to stream it live on WBSM's YouTube channel. Perfect. And we'll talk to the amazing Kreskin. So uh, if you liked him on our show. Certainly tune in and check him out on Phil's show on Thursday morning at 9 a.m. And we'll have it up on YouTube on the WBSM page after that as well. From there, we went to our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show, which was one of our best ones this year, I think. I think so, too. We I had a great time. The video worked out fantastic. It did. I love that plan. We're definitely going to do that in the future. Uh, then we had one of our most fascinating discussions ever. Uh, the week after that with Jeffrey Kripal of Rice University talking about his new book with Whitley Strieber, talking about how he sees the supernatural as the supernatural, something that's part of the natural world. So definitely check out that episode if you want to get more in-depth into things like that. Uh, then we had uh, Shane Sirwa come on the show with us as well. Uh, that was uh, a long time coming as well. Uh, Dr. Andrea Kida came on after that to talk about folklore, which was... An excellent episode, I have to say. Uh, One of the things that we love to talk about on this show is, as much as we talk about the reality of all the things that we encounter, we also can appreciate and understand that it's part of a greater mythology, too, Mm -hmm. and that we're straddling the line between the two all the time. So we we had fun with that. Uh, Erica Mailman joined us to talk about Lizzie Borden Yes. uh, with episode 517, and we'll probably just end it because we're running out of time with this one, but... 
it's a good way to end it because a huge announcement was made yesterday, mm-hmm. kind of inadvertently. Uh, the They were waiting, I guess, to kind of make an announcement formally, but the story came out in the Herald News that Maplecroft, Lizzie Borden's other house, people who go to the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, you know that you're staying in the house where the murders took place, but that Lizzie moved to French Street mm-hmm. later on and bought the house of her dreams, Maplecroft, and that's where she lived and where she actually died. And they had her wake right in the front parlor and everything. So that house has been up for sale since September because Mm -hmm. the owner, Christy Bates, had sunk $400,000 into it after she already bought it for something like Mm $600,000. So she was already into it beyond, you know, what what she wanted to be in the restoration process. And it's beautiful inside compared Mm -hmm. to how it was before. It is amazing. And she kept a lot of it original, too. She she painstakingly went back and tried mm-hmm. to make it the way that it was. She uncovered a lot that was... She removed some walls yep. and things like that. And she wanted to make it into a, a bed and breakfast, but also a museum, an event space, all these different ideas. She ended up getting into some uh, issues with the city where she couldn't mm-hmm. do all the things that she wanted to do. There was a variance that would allow it to be a bed and breakfast, but all this other stuff that she wanted to add into it, there would have been an issue. It turned out very political, I think. So, uh, this is everything in Fall River. Mm -hmm. So, in the end, they're trying to find somebody who can come in and buy it. It was on the market at first for like $850,000. Then it dropped down to $699,000. I was waiting it to drop to 100 bucks so that we could buy it, but it never Mm -hmm. came to be. I would have splurged for 200. That's true. We probably could have done like a GoFundMe. (laughs) Right, right, right. We could have done 1,000. But uh, so it got to the point where, you know, it, it only made sense for mm-hmm. one person to buy the house. Agreed. It, it only made sense for Donald Woods and, and Leanne Wilbur, the two people who own and operate the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Right. They were the ones that needed to have the house. And Agreed. We talked to them about it. We talked to Leanne about yes. it. They wanted to have the house for right. a number of years, but the numbers never worked mm-hmm. out. And when they finally got to the point where the numbers worked out, they jumped on it. And so now Donald has officially purchased. He's going to be signing the paperwork this week. Uh, he and Leanne will be in charge of mm-hmm. Maplecroft, although Donald's son is coming in to actually be the live-in the live-in manager, manager and, right. and he's going to be operating everything over there because, of course, Leanne has her hands full of the other yes. house. But, you know, there'll be a lot of synergy between the two homes. Mm-hmm. And so people will, of course want to come to Fall River now and stay in Lizzie Borden's other house. So if you're coming and planning on staying at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast anytime soon, make it a two-night trip because you're going to want to stay in the other house. They're talking about having it open maybe by February. I'm excited. So, and of course, you know, we've talked about this for years. We're going to get like, a chance to go in there and check things out. This is bucket list for us. So uh, absolutely pay attention to the Lizzie Borden website. It's uh, lizzie-borden.com, I think, is the one for the bed and breakfast. Um, there's a couple of different ones, so it's hard right. to remember. But pay attention to their site because they'll have more announcements about it as it gets closer to happening. Mm-hmm. And we're out of time for this week's show, so we will. This is it. We're gonna. This is the last one of the year, so we can say we'll yes. see you next year. See you next year. Happy New Year the, to all of our the listeners. The lamest joke that's out there, but that's we, okay. We will see you Leave next year you. when we start 2018 with a bang, and we head into our 12th year of being on the radio. Until then, have a safe and happy New Year's. For Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.